2-1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game-winning grand slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Ball hit in the air to left field. That's deep. That goes Chavez back near the wall. Leaping and he made the catch. He took a home run away from Roland. Trying to get back to first Edmonds. He's doubled everybody and welcome to the first episode of Always Amazing. This is a podcast all about the New York Mets and the daily life of a, a fan of this horrid or of organization. Uh, I'm going to go through, you know, everything throughout the season. I know I'm starting like midway through the season, but that's because of everything going on this year. But I'm going to try my best and we're going to keep going, uh, you know, as long as we can here. Uh, so today to start off the, uh, first episode, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the league recap of the last couple of days, yesterday's couple of big games and, you know, a couple of comebacks and I'll even go through some of the, uh, NL East standings and the games in, throughout the NL East. So to start off here, I want to start with, uh, the passing of Tom Seaver, uh, to one of the best Mets to ever put on the uniform and, uh, nicknamed Tom Terrific and the franchise after all he did for us and for this organization when he played for us. Uh, you know, rest in peace, moment of silence here. Uh, you know, he, he, he was a great player. He, he had so many moments, you know, for the team and for himself as a career on the Mets that just made him live on forever as one of the greatest Mets to ever play. Tom Seaver played 12 years with the Mets. He had a, a win-loss record of 198 and uh, losses of 124. Uh, he had a 257 ERA. He played 400 games. Uh, he had 171 complete games, 44 shutouts, and one save as a Met. Um, you know, he, he's definitely... That was like the longest team he's been with. Uh, it was... He played with four other teams or three other teams before the Mets and had his best statistical uh, career with the Mets. So, you know, definitely rest in peace and hopefully we have prayers out to his family and all that. So let's start with some of the games that we had last night. We had the Dodgers against the Diamondbacks. Uh, The Diamondbacks were home for this game and we had uh, a good pitching matchup here. We had Bueller versus... uh, uh, let's see who's going here for the D-backs. We had uh, Gallon. All right, it was, a, it was a close game throughout. We had the 0-0 up into the sixth where Arizona hit a home run uh, to take the lead. And then the Dodgers were silent until the bottom of the ninth where they had a couple of doubles and, you know, brought in that tying run, sent it to extra innings. And with this new overtime rule, with having a guy on second to start extra innings, it was very easy for the Diamondbacks to get right back up. They were up uh, 2-1 at the end of the 10th. And, you know, Dodgers came up trying to do whatever they can. They have a man on second as well. And they they came through for uh, Bueller, definitely. Even though Jansen got the win, able to get out of the 10th inning with only one run, thank God. He had the bases loaded at one point. And he walked just one run in and was able to get out of it. So the Dodgers took that game from uh, Arizona. 
making their record now 28 and 10, and the D-backs are now 14 and 23. Um, and now we also got the Phillies shutting out the Nationals. The Nationals starting off really slow. Um, it could, you know, they could turn it around, but we're more than halfway through the season here, uh, so it's going to be tough. A lot of the teams, only two to four games out of a playoff spot, I think, except for the Pirates. And the Nationals, 12-22, and 22, bottom of the NL here, is at, who are looking for a playoff spot as we go through the rest of the season here. The Giants at 18-20 and 20 are only a game out. You have the Brewers at 17-19, and 19, the Reds at 16-21, and 21, and then you got the Mets at 16-21 and 21 as well. Uh, D-backs right after them, 14 and 23. Then you get the Nationals and Pirates at 10 and 24. Uh, so there's a lot of teams looking to go on a run here in the last 20 to 25 games. But, you know, with the shortened season and, you know, everything going wrong, uh, wrong with a couple of teams in COVID, there's games that need to be made up and, you know, it's going to take a while. So, you look at some surprises here with the Marlins. They are 500. They're at 16 and 16. They have the seventh uh, seed, the second wild card, um, or the first wild card. My bad. The Rockies have the second wild card at 18 and 19. So you're going to see like at least one or two teams, uh, maybe even three, that are under, if not exactly 500 in the playoffs. So you know it'll bring in a whole new uh, option. I mean a lot of teams that you wouldn't expect to make a run probably could make a run. The Marlins have looked decent in a lot of games this year. They had a lot of problems with COVID in the beginning, so I think that's what set them back a little bit. They have decent pitching, and they've they've been hitting. So uh, they're, they're trying to make a run, definitely. And the Phillies locking in on the second East spot. And the Braves, obviously, in that first spot for the East. So I'm going to talk about one more game before I go into the AL uh, playoff standings and division standings. I had the Braves last night versus the Boston Red Sox. The Sox took a three-run lead early on in the first, and they you know, didn't keep it for that long. I think the Braves came back right after in the second inning. They tied, tied it up right in the second, and then... Boston ended up scoring two in the fourth and fifth, and then it was all Atlanta the rest of the way. The final was 7-5. Atlanta had 10 hits, Boston with seven, and Boston had one error uh, in that game. So now we're going to go look at the postseason standings for the AL. In the first, you got the Rays. Big surprise. They're 26-12. They're unstoppable. They can't lose against the Yankees. Uh, Yankees looking very bad against them, and then you got the A's, who they're hitting bombs. They're they got their pitching rolling. They're at twenty two and twelve. Then you got in the third seed. This is the first central uh, seed. You got twenty three and fourteen with the Indians, and then another not a really a big surprise, but compared to last year's standings, you got the White Sox with the second central seed, uh, twenty two and fifteen. They're they're looking great. Their their young rookie uh, pitching is looking great. They've got some good hitters, and then right under them, you got fifth place with the wild card two, uh, with the Astros. They're twenty and fifteen, and then. You go right down to the Yankees at six. They're twenty and fifteen as well, so they're trying to take that fifth spot from the Astros. 
then the Twins, 22 and 16, not far behind. There's a lot of the time left in the season for these teams inside the bubble already to move up a few spots. If, you know, maybe the Astros or the White Sox lose two to three in a row and the Blue Jays are on the eighth seed with 19 and 16 record, they're on the final wild card spot. And then here are the teams that are just out of the bubble. You got the Tigers at 500, 17 and 17. You got the Orioles, 16 and 20, not far off. They, you know, if they can go on a run for a week or two, you know, who knows? Maybe they can get that eighth seed. You got the Mariners, 15 and 22, looking in. You got the Royals, 14 and 23. The Rangers, 13 and 22. Boston Red Sox towards the bottom at 12 and 25. And then you got the Angels in dead last, 12 and 25 as well. So a lot of these, there are a lot of better teams in the AL than the NL, but it's a tight race all throughout this season. It's literally just a whole sprint to the playoffs. And it's going to be interesting to see once you get down to the last 15 to 20 games to see which teams can really bust out those wins that you really need at the end of the year. And, and, you know, not having all the time as a normal season to, you know, be able to work your way towards the end and be able to coast. You can't coast. There's no stopping. If you lose five in a row, you could lose your playoff spot like that. So it's going to be very interesting, and I'm very excited for playoff baseball. To go right into, you know, the last six games of the New York Mets, they had a three-game series, technically four, because they made up some games from a few weeks ago. But they've lost six, five out of their last six. They won against Baltimore yesterday, September 2nd. Uh, but you got a lot of games that these Mets are, they're just, you know, going in through the motions, and they don't seem all that into it, you know, and I feel like that's also because of the season or maybe just the way the pitchers are like that. The starting pitching has just been atrocious besides the Grom, obviously. And they go through these different pitchers that, you know, they had Peterson in there in the beginning of the season. And now they decide he doesn't, they don't want him in the starting rotation. So you throw Gazelman in there and it's going to take him a week or two to get used to that. And, I thought Peterson did really well, so I'm very shocked that uh, they went with the way of Gesellman and going with a couple other bullpen guys that, you know, would start the game and go through, like, the early parts of most games. Uh, September 1st versus Baltimore, they did a bullpen game. They had, honestly, guys that I've never heard of and to start the game and even pitch throughout the game and they let up nine runs and it was just a bad loss to a team that we just sh- we should be beating and also you know with this season those teams that are at the bottom of the leaderboard they need to we the Mets need to beat them and they need to beat them by more than you know they won yesterday nine to four so let's see how they keep going especially with this pitching rotation that's injured and people opting out and in a whole big situation they've only got one real good starter in there and so it's tough to see and we're not going to see Stroman back next year I guarantee that he's going somewhere else maybe the Yankees who knows um but the Mets returned uh returned the favor to the Orioles uh yesterday September 2nd with Conforto leading the charge he had uh, a home run four hits five RBIs and he was just killing it the entire day uh another big uh 
player that I wanted to talk about, Andres Jimenez. He hit his first home run in the major leagues yesterday. He's proven himself to be that guy in the future, and he's shown a lot of great aspects to this game, to his game, that he could use and utilize to help us win, especially with his speed. He's bunting. He's sprinting down the line. He's getting getting steals. You know, he's just looking great. And you guys are going to know this about me eventually, but, you know, I'm a very pessimistic Mets fan, and obviously this season, I have no hope anymore. I, I actually gave up. I canceled the season weeks, couple weeks in, like maybe two weeks in, because this season I know with everybody opting out, especially the whole Cespedes fiasco, you know, I, I didn't have any hope, and I still don't, but the main majority that I'm looking at this season is watching Rojas in certain situations, and I'm watching the young players like Peterson and Jimenez and Dom Smith and seeing how they they look in these more opportunities that they're getting. So the only reason we bought Jimenez and Peterson up is because of how this season worked out, where there's no minor leagues, there's nowhere to put them. We needed to see them play. So it was definitely uh, a good thing that we brought them up, and they're showing that they have potential. So, And then now we got Todd Frazier back at the trade deadline and immediately putting him in at third base uh, over McNeil. So now McNeil's back out in left field. So you got all these players moving around, and now especially for the rest of the year, I think they the Mets and the Wilpons screwed David uh, Steve Cohen on that trade at the trade deadline because they traded our top fifteen uh, prospect relief pitcher, and you know that could have went a long way in the next couple of years. But now we have Todd Frazier back. And we now uh, got a new addition with Robinson uh, Chirinos, uh, but you know he's not. You know, in the last couple of years, he's been okay. Uh, he hasn't even played the last 30 games. He's only played the last three, and he's had two strikeouts, one hit, and only was at 11 at-bats. So it, it was a truly terrible trade for the Mets, and I think that it's just the Wilpons at this point getting rid of some stuff to try and make it harder and spiting Steve Cohen because that's just how the Mets are. They like to screw themselves every year. They always do. And, you know, they went after positions that and got guys that, you know, realistically we didn't need to fix right now. And, you know, Todd Frazier, yeah, I guess he was a good spark on the lineup last year. He did a lot for us, but we have all these young guys that we don't know where to put them. And now we're just eliminating one of those spots just so that we can get a Todd Frazier back in the lineup. So it's going to be a weird how the plays out the rest of the year. And it, it sucks because as a Mets fan, you, we expect to be good every year and never happens. And then we get to the trade deadline and then we get players that are way past their prime and lose everything. And it, it, it's the main thing, like, especially with that, Cano and getting Diaz from we traded uh Kalenic and now he's the face of that franchise out in Seattle and Diaz can't do fucking anything for the Mets and the Mets were looking to trade him at the trade deadline and spoiler alert nobody fucking wanted him and at this point you just gotta ride with it it was a terrible trade by Brody we traded away one of we need a center fielder they always talk about how we we need a new center fielder someone that could be there for the next 10 years and then you trade him away for a closer that had one good year and has been 
absolutely awful sense and can't even fucking throw a strike. Or if he does, it's fucking out of the ballpark because it's a home run. So this team's going downhill definitely this year. But I have hope for the future, especially now that with the Wilpons selling. Um, and here we go. We got the game today. So I'm recording this on September 3rd. And the Mets and Yankees just started. This is a makeup game. Um, we had J.A. Happ going against Robert Gesellman. Gesellman is second start. Um, he only went four innings his last time. He's got a 519 ERA. And, you know, let's see how deep he can go to this, into this game, especially being a second start back. He's been in the bullpen for a little over a year. And it's just we got to see how he adjusts to it. And I don't personally think... Gazelman is the best option at starter, but in desperate times like this, you know, they're going to make decisions that are unethical and different uh, than what they would usually do because of the season that we're in. So maybe we can get good innings out of Peterson going five to eight, fifth, from the fifth to the eighth inning, and we'll see how that goes. Um, so my game predictions here I, I personally see Gazelman go into the fifth inning letting up maybe three runs with this Yankee lineup that's just they've been slumping a little bit lately but when they play the Mets they don't hesitate and they hit the ball so I'm gonna wrap up this episode with a couple of things we got uh the top uh, batting and defense performers um I'm gonna take my first defensive uh performer I'm gonna put it right over to Jeff McNeil um, he's been playing great, making great plays in the field, outfield, infield, doesn't matter where you put him. He's doing a good job. He's doing everything he can. Um, and then to my best batter, I'm going to say Conforto. He's starting to click a little bit. He's got a couple of home runs. He's got a good amount of RBIs. Um, so he's really turning around and Alonzo as well. He's turned it around since the beginning of the season. Um, so we got a lot of team, a lot of players that are starting to get into the groove of it. Granted, it's a little too late because there's like 20 games left in the season, 30 games left. The Mets are already down one nothing to the Yankees, so this would be their seventh loss in six games if they end up falling to the Yankees here. So to close out this uh, first episode ever for Always Amazing, uh, I'm going to go into my predictions for today's game. And uh, when I get come back on my next episode on Monday, we'll go through this past weekend's games. And I'll, right before I leave, too, I'll give you the weekend schedule for after Thursday, September 3rd. I think today that the Mets are probably going to end up losing the Yankees. I think the score is going to be 4 to 1, 4 to 2. I'm going to say a solid 4 to 2. And I and I think that the Yankees will definitely pull this one out as they're up early already and you know, let's see how it goes and you know, the Mets they're not looking good. The season's pretty much a scrap at this point. And to start off the weekend, we got Friday, September 4th. That's in Philly. And, you know, they, they Philly's been hot lately. They have a playoff spot, so this is going to be a tough series. They, they got to keep it going, the Mets at least. They got to keep, you know, keeping games interesting until late in the day and trying to keep the 6th, 7th, and 8th, like, in their favor. And, you know, if, they, if the bullpen comes out and blows it, it's what usually happens and, you know, you can't help that at this point. Rojas, I don't really give a lot of uh, negative uh, feedback yet this year about where he's putting relievers. I, I'm essentially giving this as like a test run for Rojas. I'm not going to 
call for his firing after we go oh and fucking 30 for the last games and it's not his fault it's the year that we're working with it's it's a tough year you got to be careful with everything the players are you know tr- not trying not to go out and get the coronavirus so we'll see uh so then september 5th they got a four game series with philly from the fourth to the seventh and that's when I'll be back with my second episode on the 7th. And, you know, I'll go through the whole weekend series with Philly as, you know, I think DeGrom's going Friday or Saturday. And maybe we can get one, maybe even two out of the four. The split of the series would be great. And, you know, it was great to go into this a little bit. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. pitch. The drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game-winning grand slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Ball hit in the air to left field. That's deep. That goes Chavez back near the wall. Leaping and he made the catch. He took a home run.